Hi everyone, thank you for joining Midland Pulse, where we discuss topics within the self-directed IRA industry in 30 minutes or less. During this session, Brad Janitz of Midland Trust interviews Lauren Savino, founder of the Savino Group, on strategies that funds can use to market to high net worth investors with IRAs in mind. Let's get started. The stock market can be a roller coaster, one that not only makes your stomach drop, but your hard-earned cash drop as well. Midland Trust has your ticket to self-direction that allows you to diversify your retirement portfolio into alternative assets outside of traditional stocks and bonds. Once on the self-directed IRA train, you're the conductor, and you can choose to stop and invest in real estate, hard money lending, futures and forex, private equity, as well as many more alternative investments. All gains grow inside the account tax-free. Investing with a self-directed IRA is easy. You can get off of the stock market roller coaster at any time by making a full or partial tax-free transfer to a Midland self-directed IRA. Then you choose your own investment and let Midland Trust take you on a new investment ride. For information on how to self-direct your retirement funds, visit www.midlandtrust.com forward slash diversify or call 239-333-1032. Hey, thank you all for joining us today on our Pulse session provided to you by Midland Trust. Uh, my name is Brad Janitz of Midland Trust and joined here today uh, by Lauren Savino of the Savino Group. And we are going to talk to you a little bit about marketing for alternative investment funds. And really what brings us here today is uh, we at Midland specialize in uh, making it easy for individuals to invest into alternative investments. And where that takes us is having lots of conversations with alternative investment funds. And one issue that always kind of comes up in those discussions is marketing. And so today we wanted to uh, lean on the experience and uh, that Lauren has um, in this particular space and hopefully she can share some insights that take a step towards uh, kind of alleviating this issue. So uh, Lauren, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks and, for uh, Yeah, absolutely. And um, by way of introduction, could you just kind of uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and kind of where your experience lies and then we'll go from there. Sure. And before I kick off, I always have to include the disclaimer that all of these are my own opinions and don't reflect the opinions of my employer clients. With that being said, uh, by way of background, I spent most of my career working in-house at an alternative asset manager as the head of marketing. When I started, they were about $250 million under management, and I saw them grow to about $1.4 billion at the peak. In 2018, I left and started the Savino Group to take that marketing skill set and advise other alternative asset managers on everything from an overall marketing and brand strategy, investor relations, presentation skills, everything that you would need to attract and grow assets under management and also maintain those assets. Uh, and so today, the Savino Group is actually a network of independent consultants that cover all of the areas that you would need as you start to try and grow out and gather new assets as a strategy. Nice. And can you kind of talk about um, just just real quickly, like what are the what are the sorts of things? I mean, obviously, marketing takes on a lot of different elements. So you know, kind of what are, what are 
some of those that you kind of help them with? Yeah, so we advise on any sort of best practices for marketing your investment strategy and implementing an investor relations program. So it all starts with putting a playbook in place to give you all the tools that you'll need, including presentation skills, putting together institutional quality materials. Do you have an institutional quality website, a pitch book, a fact sheet? Is your messaging consistent across all of your materials? Uh, and then we put all of that together and really create an overall business plan. Now that you have all the tools in place, what are you going to do with them? And so we develop a strategy to take those materials to market in order to attract the assets. Um, so it's pretty all-encompassing. I do some uh, leadership development as well. And so as you start to grow and attract those assets, it's also good to make sure that you're managing things in-house and have the right people on the bus to keep things moving in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, marketing isn't just uh, putting up a flashy ad somewhere and then kind of like crossing your fingers, right? There's a process to it, a process to um, what happens there and then the communication flow afterwards. And so, um, so it sounds like, yeah, you, you have experience in all those facets. Um, so just, yeah, just jumping, jumping right in here. Um, I know we, we've talked about this a lot, but um, we always hear in this industry, you know, performance is king. Um, so can you uh, maybe just talk about that uh, about that idea and, and kind of nip that one in the butt? Yeah, you know, this is such a loaded question. Um, there's a huge fallacy, and I think especially among emerging managers, that if you build a track record, the assets will come. But that's really just the bare minimum when it comes to the equation of growing your assets under management. When I look at... Uh, when I look at emerging managers, they always start out with friends, family, money, uh, and then it expands to what I call their trusted network. And it's somebody who knows someone who vouches for you that says, yes, you can trust this person with your money. But the challenge really sets in when you start to go outside of that trusted network. And you really have to build a trustworthy brand in order to attract assets outside of the trusted network. And all of that begins with marketing. And I bring it back to an example that like all the time, any decision that you're making, whether you're purchasing a car um, or you're trying to pick a restaurant, we do a lot of research before we ever pick up the phone or talk to somebody about making those decisions. And it's no different in the investment industry. And so if I'm an investor looking to make an investment in your strategy, the first thing I'm going to do is Google you. Is your website indexed to Google? Can I find you? Can I get a lot of information that's going to tell me that this is somebody who knows what they're talking about, that has expertise in a specific area? And then that's only the first half of the equation. Once I actually have enough information and I've determined that this is somebody that I want to reach out and start a conversation with, can you have the right presentation skills to make that first impression that makes them want to actually make the investment? And so is everything that you're providing them, giving them trustworthy pitch books, documents, getting all, everything in line, giving them a presentation that actually aligns with their own goals and interests. And all of that is sort of the all-encompassing marketing strategy with the goal being that you really need to build a brand with yourself and all the individuals in your firm to create a trustworthy person and a trustworthy firm that's 
not only going to make you money, but not going to lose your money. Because it's really all about risk management at the end of the day. I can see that somebody has made money for the past 10 years, has this great track record, but do I trust that they're not going to blow up tomorrow and that I'm not going to lose all the money that, that I invest with them? That's really the big step that you have to take in order to start to gather assets outside of your trusted network. So I'd say, well, performance is king. Yeah, you need to have a good track record in order to attract assets. People aren't going to invest in a losing strategy. But there's so much more that you have to do in order to build trust to make sure that everyone understands that risk management is also at the core of your company and that they can go to sleep feeling good about where their money is at night. Sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, trust, it's important in everything we do, especially in investment management and how you're kind of getting that messaging across is, is, is critical. Um, I want to dial into one comment you made about um, investors' uh, own needs. You know, so obviously that's very specific, but let's, let's categorize that a little bit. So I think in this, in this world, you have two different kind of investors. You have your individual investors, um, and then you have your institutional investors, and obviously you have experience in both. Um, maybe kind of just speak to the, the different mindsets that they have when kind of making that decision. Yeah, when I think about institutional investors, their mandates are very specific. So if you look at a pension fund, for example, they have financial obligations that need to be met at certain defined time periods. And so they take a very specific analytical approach to the types of cash flows that they can expect to receive from an investment. And the way that they look at risk is going to be very different than, say, an individual who may be looking to accumulate wealth and potentially leave a larger piece of capital to their estate when they pass away. Um, it may be somebody who's in retirement who's looking to supplement their income and isn't finding what they really want with rates being what they are in public markets, and so they're looking to a private credit. And so whether it's institutional or, or whether it's individual, at the end of the day, everyone has a specific defined investment goal. It's just going to be a little bit different based on why they need to lose, why they need to accumulate that type of wealth and why they're looking to grow their portfolio and the types of risks that they're willing to take. And a lot of times I'll see individual investors who say that they're willing to take a little bit more risk and uh, they have uh, enough wealth built up that they're comfortable in their lifestyle and they want to try and see if they can make a little bit more money to take a bigger vacation, buy a bigger summer house. There's a lot of different motivators that really drive why we choose specific investments and what our risk profiles are. And it's the job of the investment manager not to try to fit every single potential investor's actual goals, but to figure out whose goals that they can help meet. And that's who you're marketing to. And a big piece of marketing, I think, is identifying that target market that really fits your strategy. So if you're a very aggressive strategy, you're going to have to go after risk-seeking types of investors. And a lot of times you'll find that in individual investors. Endowments today have typically been very risk-seeking because they don't have the same obligations of, as a pension fund, for example. And so it's really about finding who's that target market that has goals that align with what your strategy can offer, and then messaging that correctly in all of your materials. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, um, that's kind of like 
you know, instead of stay, <laughs> spraying and praying, right, on the marketing and just trying to get anyone and everyone, it's a little bit like dial into what your niche is and then really focus on on developing that. So um, that that's awesome. So uh, let's kind of stick with the the individual investor uh, again and, and again, again, go back to like the mindsets. So do you um, think, you know, there's a lot of people using IRA money to invest in alternative investments these days. Do you feel like from, from a marketing perspective, like what's the difference there or is there a difference there or just kind of speak to that in general of just, you know, individual investor and, and the idea of using IRA money. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the IRA money going into alternative investments has been growing. The types of returns that you can get in the private security and alternative space is anticipated to outpace what's available in public markets in the next five years. And so wealthy individuals are hungry for alternative investments and they want access to them. And it can be difficult when you think about your retirement account because most people take a 401k, roll it over into an IRA, and a lot of people don't do much with it and think that they're limited to just what is available in public markets. Um, but what alternative investment managers can do is if they make sure that they have relationships with IRA providers such as the Midland, uh, it makes it easy for them then to talk to their individual investors and show them the advantages of investing in a strategy that may not be very tax efficient, but can really start to help them accumulate wealth in a retirement wrapper. And I think a lot of these aggressive strategies in particular, you know, they do have some tax inefficiencies that are difficult barriers to overcome. And so it makes a lot of sense. And when you have the operations in place and you have your partners and you can refer people to exactly how they can go and open it up and invest with that retirement vehicle, all of a sudden those compounded returns become even more attractive to that investor. So I'm a huge proponent. I do it in my personal portfolio. I think that there is huge potential for growth in alternatives specifically in that retirement wrapper. No, that's awesome. And, and you know, again, it's, it's really uh, insightful to hear this from somebody with experience on, on a multitude of levels here. Uh, so let's kind of switch from the, the investor mindset and go a little bit more um, into the, into the marketing approach. So, um, let's kind of talk about the regulatory environment. And again, I know you're not an attorney, so you have to be a little bit careful here, but, um, maybe kind of loop that in with like a good first step. So, you know, obviously in the investment fund space, there are regulations around, you know, what you can do and can't do. So maybe just kind of speak to that generally and, and what people can do is like a good first step, you know, when thinking about marketing. Yeah, it's tough. And regulations have changed quite a bit over the past few years. There's definitely been a democratization, a trend towards democratization of alternative assets. And there are certain ways that asset managers can actually have more outbound marketing than they were previously. And one of those is through this new general solicitation rule. And so if you elect uh, when you're doing your fund filings that you want to participate in general solicitation and you 
talk to your lawyer about that. Again, not a lawyer. But <laughs> if you go down that route, uh, the only rule is that you can't have any non-accredited investors in your fund. You check a few extra boxes, but then you're able to actually go and talk about your fund publicly in all of your materials and on your website. And so it opens up a lot more doors in order for you to actually do some outbound research where historically you've had to have a personal relationship with any potential investors for a fund vehicle. Um, the other thing is with separately managed accounts, uh, there's some more flexibility in how you're able to promote and market a separately managed account versus a private fund structure, depending on what your strategy is. And so there are ways that you can actually talk to your legal advisors and figure out how do I position this fund so that I can go out and publicly talk about it. And that's a really easy way to start to actually get individual investors interested as opposed to just having yourself limited to that trusted network that's historically been the way that people have grown assets. So, um, and obviously you've done this for, for a lot of clients, but um, what are you know, kind of some, some very practical um, steps like that you see working for some of your clients? Like, for example, do you, do you feel like writing is, is beneficial or how do you attack social media or, you know, just kind of like, you know, the tools that we have that are very accessible and free and easy? What, you know, what are some, some ways that people can tap into that stuff? Yeah, I think everyone is going in the direction of content right now and content can be very tricky. Uh, the number one way that I see managers fail in this space is that they get overly ambitious at the very beginning and think that they can put out meaningful content on a weekly basis. And it ends up being a struggle for the asset manager because they're having to produce new thoughtful pieces every single week. And I see it tail off. And then it's also problematic for the consumers. We are just completely inundated with emails and white papers every single day. And so I like to talk to clients about what how often they think they can actually produce something that's meaningful and educational that isn't necessarily available if I did a quick Google search or that other people are not putting out there. So what makes you unique as a manager and what is something that's unique that you can teach me as a potential investor and do it on a quarterly basis. Talk about what your performance has been on a less frequent basis, but make it really high quality. And I see that as an easy, low-hanging fruit to attract people and start to build that trustworthiness in your brand. Um, the other thing that's low-hanging fruit that I never see people really do successfully is the referral networks. People ask for referrals or they might do it once, but that needs to be part of a regular thing that every single manager is doing. And when you get those referrals, you still have one chance to make a first impression. And so having everything teed up and having your presentation skills down pat, knowing that you have content and information that you can send them that's polished, a quality white paper, some of these quarterly reports that you've been sending out, all of that is going to help build your trustworthiness and your referral network is going to be the strongest and quickest way that you can actually close business. It's the shortest sales cycle that you're going to experience in this industry. Yeah. And I'd add on with that. I mean, since you are kind of in the coaching side, you know, I think a lot of people uh, in the sales world don't really practice enough. And if you're in investment management, you know, marketing is just like anything else. And, you know, they could talk to somebody like you and then practice their pitch and get that all squared away. Right. Yeah, practice makes um, perfect. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, so really, that that's kind of all I have from a question perspective. Is there is there you know anything that you'd kind of like to add here to to close it out? Um, no, I mean, I think that overall marketing is something that a lot of managers don't necessarily see the value in because their minds are very much in that performance is king category. And it takes a lot to actually see a manager make the investment and want to spend the time and energy and see the value in marketing. But the managers who actually do it, you see them succeeding a lot more. And so it it's tough to want to spend those dollars on something outside of your wheelhouse that is investing. And that's really where you should be spending most of your time. But ultimately to grow the assets under management, the investment in marketing is invaluable. And what I see takes a lot of managers to the next level. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, so I will kind of close this out and say thank you, Lauren, for providing your insights. This was great. Uh, Lauren's contact information will be up on the screen shortly. So if you want to reach out to her um, to kind of further discussion, you are more than, more than welcome to. So thank you again, Lauren. All right. Thanks, Brad. Thank you for joining us for this Midland Pulse session. For questions or for more information on this topic, give us a call at 239-333-1032. We're here to help. You can also access this and other Pulse sessions by visiting www.midlandtrust.com forward slash Pulse.